there, and welcome back to the SWTVC podcast, the audio home of the SWTVC crew and the ongoing push for the continued existence, expansion, and success of the heritage scale of Star Wars collecting. I'm your host, Evan, and this week I had the opportunity to sit down and chat with the one, the only, Victoria of Victoria's Cantina fame about the ongoing community initiative she is spearheading. Hashtag time for Tonica. But before we get into that, I sat down with fellow SWTVC buddies John and Tyler to chat about some things we haven't yet talked about on the show, which are the reveals from May the 4th. Don't you love how timely I am with my editing and release schedule for this show? So anyways, without further ado, here is this week's episode, Chagrin and Tonica. So this week we are going to jump into chatting about some of the reveals that have happened in between, uh, you know, now and May the 4th. We didn't quite touch on those reveals when we did our May the 4th episode because we recorded it before reveals happened, although we did call a couple of them, yes. uh, the Offworld Jawa and the uh, repack of Echo. Uh, there are a couple more things than that, though. Uh, May the 4th reveals were a mixed bag. Uh, but there were there was more than two TVC reveals, which was nice. So, John, do you want to run us through what those were? So, yeah. So, as we mentioned, they revealed the Offworld Jawa from Arvala 7, the Arc Trooper Echo repack, um, Tebow coming later in the year, not yet available for pre-order, three Walmart exclusives, which are the Death Star droid, Luke Skywalker Indoor, and a Tusken Raider with a few new parts, as well as for the retro collection, for the retro heads out there, there was a prototype edition Boba Fett similar to the Darth Vader from a couple years ago. Yeah, and with uh, just touching on the retro, we don't talk about it a whole lot. Um, I do collect all the retro myself, and I did track down, I tried to track down all of the uh, Vader variants. There were what, uh, six? There were eight, 18 of 18? those, yeah. Well, technically 36 because yes. there was a running change on the green. <laughs> yeah, they changed but the anyway. green halfway through, and it was like, okay, I'm almost there, and then they changed the green, and it's like, okay, here we go. This is yeah. This is stretching. I only... Yeah, I only went for the uh, the first eighteen, and uh, or you know just eighteen yeah. in general. Uh, not not distinct, uh, no distinction between the greens. And I have what you guys are psychopaths. Well, I think I have. I think I'm only missing three or four now. This, but now that I'm that close, and I'm seeing the aftermarket prices on those keep creeping up, oh, and God. it's like I think I only just need the one. I could probably just make a bunch of money selling the rest. Yeah, I need one. So I, have, no, I guess I'm no one to talk given my army building tendencies. Well, no, but yeah. this is one where it's like, if you were going to be a completist, it's like, you know, if there's 18 versions of a figure, that's kind of nuts. And it throws it all into like, okay, you know, do I need 18 versions of this? Yes, yeah, of course, were, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. If it was like six, I wouldn't have had a problem, but 18, I was like, oh my God, I can, whatever. Can yeah. you imagine if they did a prototype styled like, VC 140 Rogue One Stormtrooper with all the different pieces being different colors. And oh my God. Variations there would be of that. Yeah. Like I, 84 different variations. Yeah. You know, I'm not trying to be hyperbolic here, but I would kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that would be on, awful. On Boba, they're talking about how all of his limbs are a different color and then he's got the jetpack, uh, the, uh, the yeah. rocket in the jetpack. So I'm pretty sure. The rocket is the same color as his right arm because they oh they sell it. As I think if they said that. Yeah, they sell it as if there's, you know, a million random variations. But with Vader, there were 18 distinct variations that cropped up over time as fans kind of compared notes. Uh, yeah. So it'll probably be the same, but we'll see what we, we get. I wasn't even able to order one it, being a Target ex exclusive and not 
technically vintage. I kind of forgot about it on the day all the reveals went up, all the uh, pre-orders went up a day after the reveals. And then, of course, being a Target exclusive, it went out in about two seconds. And um, amazingly, I managed yes. to snag an extra one for you, John. I so that right there is why I'm not going to go for all 18 <laughs> of this boba. I'm just going to do one. Yes, I appreciate you one. now and forever, Evan. So thank I know, you again I know. for that one. <laughs> um so yeah i i not terribly exciting i think they're a fun little niche item the the like the prototype retro stuff i like the retro line as a supplement and i know we say these we say this kind of stuff a lot is like i like a lot of these ideas that they're actually doing as supplemental Mm -hmm. to a main line but unfortunately we just don't have the robust main line to justify these side projects half the time so yeah i think something whatever. like one prototype edition retro figure a year is or every couple of years is great um yeah any more than that would be stretching it like the black series is getting a lot of wacky colors this year for the 50th anniversary which yeah you know they made three and three quarters has gotten their comic pack colors and things like that but yeah you know <laughs> I, don't, I don't need it you know you know just regarding uh wacky uh, wacky repaints real quick that's a tongue twister <laughs> wacky, wacky repaints, repaints. <laughs> Um, I, I hope that we don't see any more carbonized, uh, vintage collection figures. Some may disagree with me on that, but I can think of probably a thousand actually useful needed repaints that we need in the line before we just go spray painting figures with, you know, uh, (laughs) twilight style painting. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's unclear how much of that was just to fill a gap because there's clearly a ton of unmet demand for mando figures and i'm sure it was you know on walmart's part or hasbro's part of how can we you know charge four dollars more for these same exact figures that everybody already has um and the carbonized stuff did well in black series i guess the man the six inch mando is getting another uh run at target as far as i can tell i'll say all of these reveals all six vintage plus retro they're all you know repaints to some degree um with a few new pieces and it's similar to the last round of reveals with the gaming greats where it's like you know it's not a, some of them are a one-to-one repack from another line or a three-pack or whatever and it's you know i think these are fairly smart repacks as we've said yeah um four of them do check off finish the 96 boxes one of them was uh previously released in the vintage saga collection but all four of them are making their vintage uh debut and then Echo, you know, is like we said, it's great to have for people that didn't get the three pack because it was restricted and hard to get. Yeah. Now very and expensive. A, it is a new figure from just last year. So yeah. it's not like yeah. they're repacking an Echo from 2008 and just being like, no. hey, enjoy. Yeah. I bought a, a solid case of those for probably customs and also because the head sculpt is really good for just a generic clone trooper you know does the head fit on another uh like the older clone like the vc45 clone or is it the new like barbell system it's the barbell system fit okay okay sadly it it requires some uh dremeling or whatever okay Mm -hmm. um yeah no it's a a great figure though so i'm glad we're getting another chance at it i'll probably i i think i ordered like four or five because i want to get one to add maybe like a uh fabric uh skirt to uh, mm. so that he can move yeah. you can show off the great articulation yeah. of that figure as opposed to having him stuck uh, with the plastic one that would have been nice yeah. it's yeah. good to see that the upcoming purge trooper is soft goods though yes and oh, i'm yeah. glad that they actually you know made a point of even saying that when they did the reveal of that um yeah you know i i i do think you know looking at the off-world jawa and uh, echo 
uh, anyone who's been following us or following like Yak Face especially, uh, was not surprised by these two figures. They've been long rumored to be in the wave with Ahsoka and Maul, uh, which should be hitting stores literally anytime within the next few weeks, I think. Uh, I, I wouldn't Hopefully. be surprised if we get store reports uh, beginning of June. Um, so anyway, which is how ahead we are. Uh, that's a really good wave when you think about it, even though the off-world Jawa is, yes, a a repaint. Uh, it's a repaint of a figure that we've already seen, but not one we already have. It's the repaint of the Jawa that comes with the Razor Crest. It's pretty much the same, isn't it? Yeah, it's about the same. It just comes with less accessories, but it still right. comes so with the egg. Okay, yeah, What's a repaint. All right, let's not silver yeah, yeah. sell it here. Okay. Yeah, they I was didn't shocked. Do that much work on it. Yeah. <laughs> I was shocked, though, that they um, actually are keeping the Mudhorn egg. Uh, in with the regular retail release i'm not mad at all as a haslam so maker. i'm my understanding shocked. my understanding with that is that it is a different egg accessory than the one that comes with the razor crest the one that comes with the razor quest is uh crest excuse me i can't speak today uh ways of sliced quest. open ways of quest. Yeah. Razor the razor crest. crest has both um it, wabbit season yeah so let's double check hasbro pulse but I'm and, pretty, and I'm, then also i think the main difference is what the elder um uh amulet thing that he's wearing yeah so both of them come with three blasters which is great um the bandolier of course then the closed mudhorn egg and then the razor crest version includes the open mudhorn egg and the knife and the uh amulet necklace thing so yeah, and when they revealed the Offworld Jawa, they showed the Razor Crest with uh, all the parts and pieces kind of taken apart like it is in episode two of the series. And um, they showed a bunch of Jawas, you know, scavenging or getting ready to be shot by Mando, the wrong Mando, <laughs> but still Mando nonetheless. I'm so excited for that yeah. thing. I really, I, I really I'm, I'm really excited about the Jawa. I've never been, you know, a Jawa army builder or anything, but this is a... I fell in love with the Jawas again after Mandalorian and being able to get these off-world Jawas and having them be a new figure and them with soft goods robes. Uh, yeah. I'm really impressed with the figure. I'm very excited to get it. I pre-ordered, I think, like 10. Because <laughs> uh, nice. yeah, I'm, I I, I'm going to need them. So. Yep. Uh, yeah, so that's a good, that's a great wave. Uh, Soka and Maul, two new figures. Jawa, uh, you know, a essentially, it is the first time we're seeing, uh, we're getting this new figure in hand, even though it's not the first time we're seeing this new figure. Uh, and then the Echo Repack, that's a that's a solid, solid wave. It is, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's all TV based, which is nice because, you know, they get a lot of flack for focusing just on the original trilogy. Um, yeah. And yeah, the, the case assortment is smart. It's three times Maul, two times Ahsoka two times jawa and one time echo which could get a little hairy much like the mudhorn egg itself yeah but, um <laughs> because that's the only like straight repack um and you know it, it'd be nice to have a bunch of the jawas so i'm, I'm glad to get that outside of the crest you said three times maul two times ahsoka yeah yeah that's why maul has been easier to pre-order from places uh than ahsoka i might have been. been an advocate for two times maul two times echo oh, that probably would have been smart yeah. yeah. Well, it, you know what? It could still happen because look at the listing for the wave breakdown for the Boba Fett wave. We were supposed That's to get three true. of the child and one grief carga. Yeah. Uh, ended mm -hmm. up getting mm -hmm. two grief carga and two child, which I think after seeing grief linger a little longer than the rest of the figures in that wave may have been why he didn't sell as well because they, you know, I think he would have sold better up. as a one per case. Uh, oh yeah, they, the one per case figures seem to always do very well because you know there's they're a little more scarce. Yeah, yeah, um, like the armor she got scooped up. Oh yep. yeah, the armor nobody was, found her anywhere. Ooh, yeah, I think I still have a pulse pre order for, her, <laughs> and that's never <laughs> shit. Yeah, so yeah, 
Um, so what are the next reveals, John, uh, from uh, May the 4th? So, yeah, so the three Walmart exclusive uh, Finish the 96 figures that are available. I don't know if they're, I think uh, Death Star Droid and Indoor Luke were available longer than Tuscan Raider. The Tuscan Raider sold out pretty quick. Yeah. Plus uh, Tebow, which is going to be a mainland release in another wave, is uh, rumored to be coming with the previously revealed Lando, Calrissian, and IG-11, and potentially the Emperor and yes. potentially potentially <laughs> quill but it seems like maybe not anymore um who knows but I, I i just will chime in and say that um i did speak to an unnamed uh retailer and they did confirm that quill was solicited uh at one point but mm-hmm. has disappeared off this uh the ordering sheet hey, uh, he, uh, but n- not that he's canceled uh, just that I think he may have been shuffled around to something else uh, or maybe a mystery wave uh, that could may or may not be coming. Hopefully. It's just a matter of when, not uh, yeah, uh, not if. So sorry to cut you off there. No. So, yeah. So, yeah. Three exclusive uh, original trilogy finished the 96 figures in one main line in Tebow. Um, so two from A New Hope, two from Return of the Jedi, which is exciting to see. Um, the first one they revealed was the Death Star droid, which this one is... 3B6 RA7, which is the one on the Sandcrawler. So it is the Sandcrawler droid, but it's technically correct to call it the Death Star droid because in Legends, they had a whole convoluted story about how he came from the Death Star and he ended up on Tatooine and it was a whole thing to... God bless the retcons in Star Wars. They, you know, they do all the work for you. (laughs) But yeah, so in the movie, there's two of these RA7 droids. There's the silver one on the Sandcrawler, the first Sandcrawler droid you see after R2-D2 gets sucked up in there by the Jawas. Uh, and then you see him, you know, kind of moving around and sitting when the Jawas come to take uh, the droids out. But he doesn't actually get out. He and the other protocol droids, uh, C-3PO is the only protocol droid to make it out of the Sandcrawler. Poor guy. Uh, and, then, <laughs> and then there's the black uh, Death Star droid 5D6 RA7 on the Death Star. And we mentioned this on the, on the uh, Finish the 96 episodes. But so this new one, the silver one, is an update to the vintage figure in the card, the figure, and the name pill, because the image is of the Sandcrawler droid. And this particular, this exact figure was released as a Build-A-Droid in Legacy Collection, and then as a fully assembled droid in one of the Target-exclusive Target 3-packs, which they have been mining for figures lately, like uh, Zutton and the Power Droid, all getting their single-carded debuts, which is nice. That does that does kind of make me uneasy about... Um uh ben kenobi though because i know there was a ben kenobi in the oh, yeah. three packs yeah. and it was that 2004 one right it was a 2009 one. Oh, it was a 2009 yeah, one we got to get you that 2009 ben kenobi because you know what i'm just you don't waiting. know what you're missing I'm just, yet i know he's it's one of the figures i want the most and <laughs> i'm just waiting until they do a brand new one yeah so. he'll get a he'll get a new head yeah. oh god <laughs> yeah, well you know what going on to the going on to the next reveal real quick uh if you don't mind yeah. of the tuscan raider which is uh, was another finish the 96, John, but uh, they went and did something that we all wanted them to do with this figure. Yeah. Um, yes. So it is worth being repacked. John, what did they do? They added those elbows, sweet, sweet, articulated elbows. We love to yeah. see. Yeah, No more swivel elbows. Yeah, the previous one had swivel. It was previously released on a vintage card in 2006 in the Saga Collection, Vintage Saga Collection, and then repacked a number of times, like in a set with the Bantha, the episode one 3d line and then in the walmart black series line which is yep. an, another yep. source for their vintage repacks lately i did a little math so there was 29 uh releases in the black series walmart red box line 
12 of those were repacks from the vintage collection or from other lines and 17 of those were new figures um 10 of the whole 29 have not been repacked into vintage collections so 19 of them have um and some of them have gotten great updates uh and you know like luke got a new head and hands and everything um one of those figures that has not been repacked is ahsoka who lost the vote from the vault um prototype boba maybe we'll see him i don't know and then vader and sand trooper both kind of outdated figures i would not expect to see them again i wouldn't be surprised if ponda baba got another re-release just because this is the pool they're pulling from so you heard it here first get ready for a ponda baba yeah tvc ponda baba that would i think a lot of people would love to see that he was super rare at the tvc one uh, in 2011 he was in the wave with basila shan and the uh, echo base guy mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, that's not what we're here for. We're here for the Tuscan Raider. So yeah, yeah. He, he got a new head, and it's kind of hard to judge because some of the photos had some very obvious photoshopping going on, and like his um his left wrist was clearly popped out on some of the photos. So I, you know, I like the figure um, other than the elbows. So I'm glad to, glad to see those updated. Yeah, that kind of uh, I think that's just enough for me to be very excited about that figure. Uh, I pre-ordered, I think, eighteen. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, that's another one of like, like the Jawa, it's, you know, being, re- having that renewed interest because of Mando, but then also thinking about all the opportunities uh, to, you know, world build all the many scenes that involve uh, the Tuscans. Yeah. So I, I think that is pretty much as close as we can uh, expect for definitive uh, on a Tuscan Raider and TVC. And I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Uh, so then the third Walmart reveal was Luke Skywalker in his indoor gear, um, which was a power of the force figure back in the day. Um, this is, I believe it's the same body as the indoor capture Luke from 2010, which just got repacked into vintage in 2019. Yeah. Um, which is not the job as possible. So he has the bulkier left hand still, um, but he has the gloved right hand. Yeah. So this one includes a new head with a permanently attached helmet. Which, you know, it is accurate to the vintage figure because the vintage figure did not have a separate bubble piece like uh, Leia did. You know, I've seen people say, like, why did they do this? I can, you know, put an existing helmet on my Luke. But it looks so bulky and he's got the big hair and it doesn't look great. This one and the Tuscan are probably the ones that I am most excited about out of all of these reveals. Yeah. Uh, I think Luke looks fantastic. I have mixed feelings about the non-removable helmet. I think obviously I would have preferred a the ability to have the helmet be removed. However, I think that it was executed well in terms of the way that they've done it. It looks good. It looks mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. Um, There's no shortage you know. of Luke heads to swap out either. I yeah. mean, we've bought right, how many right. Lukes since 2018? Especially because <laughs> well, exactly. it's, it's the same body. So, you know, it'll be a one-to-one yeah. swap. Yeah, it'll be easy. And it looks like, yep. the, yeah, it sort of looks like they took one of the more recent heads. I think the uh, the Jabba's Palace Jedi Knight Luke it basically took the hair piece off because it was a separate piece and put a helmet on. All of these, they're small, small changes. Tebow, who's coming later in the year, not up for pre yet, um, it is a straight repack um, of the... Even the Death Star droid had a new wash, a new grimy I, wash I think he on looks it, which, great. Which looks great, and I think it yeah. might be a different kind of paint to be a little bit more shiny. It's not vac metal, but I, no. I honestly appreciate how it looks uh, just based on the glams that they released. Yeah. Yeah, so that was... 
yeah, the May the 4th reveals mixed bag. Overall, I feel good about what we saw and I'm excited to get all of them. Uh, you know, we'll get a couple. We'll, we'll probably be having the uh, uh, Offworld Jawa and Echo in hand very soon. Um, you know, again, disappointed with no Bad Batch. That is a, you know, very uh, glaring. At the time of listening to this um Last Wednesday, we had a post on SWTVC about Balance the Scales, really uh, mentioning in particular Bad Batch and the lack of Bad Batch representation in the line and where it's kind of uh, limiting on the line's future if they're always having to play catch up or not taking any risks or, you know, not not really committing to uh, being the stewards of the brand of the license and putting out things when they're relevant. I just I don't understand why they're not being proactive about this kind of thing because they're clearly doing it in the Black series and there's just yeah. absolutely no excuse for this. It wasn't not. it wasn't a secrecy issue because they all showed up in Clone Wars a year ago and if they can right. get them out in the Black series then they can you know they could get them out in Vintage. Yeah. Yep. If they and so chose. it's just one of those even asking for Hasbro even just like give us a hint that they're coming just say don't worry they will be coming. You don't have to tell us when where how or who just say something yeah because right now the radio silence is it is enough there's a lot of people that are as time slowly crawls on we know that there's a 12 to 18 month window on this stuff uh but it is hard when there is nothing new for so long and no acknowledgement for so long that you know it's hard for people to kind of hang in there to stay positive to keep the happy beeps going uh, but yeah, it's when you see people who have been invested in this line for so long, so many years, decades, they have countless figures, they have such a huge collection that they don't even know how to begin to sell it, say, you know what, I'm done, enough. Uh, you're doing something wrong, Hasbro, okay? Because people who are so invested like that should not be feeling this way. It's the only the only thing that I can possibly think of is that they are coming and it's going to be some kind of con exclusive like the Arc Trooper three pack that they just want to drop on us as a complete surprise. Yeah. That, yeah. that That's the only way that it makes any sense for them to be completely radio silent on the Bad Batch. Surprises are nice. Don't get me wrong. However, they're easier to swallow when we're actually yeah. getting yeah. product. So, you know, it, it's it's very much we say this all with Hasbro. We're rooting for you. We're rooting for you to succeed. We're rooting for yeah. you to, you know, take our money. We want we want to give you our money. Uh, you know, I, I love this hobby. I love collecting personally. I, I I I would never part with my vintage collection, even if I stopped collecting. I don't think I would part with that. Uh, I would always keep that. That's part of my DNA at this point. Um it's it, it's just disheartening. Uh, we're fighting here, and I know some folks have kind of mentioned things like you know things seem unfocused or whatever. Make no mistake. Uh, I think I I think it's safe for me to say that I speak for all of us at SWTVC when our m- main focus above anything and everything else is in the vintage collection. We need more figures. We need more newness. We need you to take risks. And we need a line that is robust enough, diverse enough, exciting enough that collectors of all walks, be it OT purists, be it clone collectors, be it uh, people who love the sequels, be it only Mandalorian loving people, we need to be able to have all of these people 
served and interested in staying on board with this line because the longer time marches on the the more people are losing interest Mm -hmm. we we can't have huge 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 influential collectors like that just checking out okay that's a very bad sign it's not good it's not good for the community because it can cause chain reactions too. these people have influence these people have you know a following a significant following and uh we don't want things to go in the wrong direction we want them to go in the right direction uh that being said there is one last thing that we haven't talked about yet and that is the results of the vote from the vault oh yes really i completely forgot about that <laughs> yeah don't tell me who it was uh because i just bought a 200 dollars public trooper big we can oof. talk about who it was uh, no it, uh, you know what i don't regret it because that figure still hasn't wavered in price yeah uh, you'd regret it if you opened yeah. it <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna open it ago. um yeah, I'm one of those people that I want, you know, both, you know, carded uh, uh, the 1.0 and the 2.0 because I count them as two distinct releases. Uh, and they did mention, I think there's going to be a couple subtle differences, not only on the figure, but well, uh, on the card, maybe. It was unclear because like all the warning signs and, you know, the choking hazard uh, labels are, are have been updated, have been changed to meet new standards from 10 years ago. And obviously the back's going to be different um, and it's confusing. They didn't mention if they're going to change it. Because, you know, in TVC 1.0, they were still using the expanded universe. Lucasfilm was still using that label. Um, those were rebranded as Legends, of course. But now when we get anything outside the movies, it's just on a double racetrack Star Wars card. So is that what we'll be seeing that guy on? Or will it still be expanded universe because it's kind of grandfathered in? It's not clear. Um, and if they if they use Star Wars, uh, you know, the Star Wars logo with the double racetracks, I wonder if they will use the exact same image or if it will be totally different. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Well, uh, yeah, that'll do it for this part of the chat. Uh, Stay tuned. Uh, I will be chatting with Victoria from Victoria's Cantina about hashtag time for Tonica. In the meantime, uh, go check out the Bad Batch on Disney Plus and uh, wish hard for figures from that in tvc and uh just hope and dream yeah hope and dream and uh money please disney for another (laughs) disney plus plug i'll just keep doing that until something happens it'll be a cease and desist that's what's gonna happen um yeah anyway all right well guys i think that'll do it well, Victoria, thank you so much for uh, agreeing to sit down and have this nice little Zoom chat with me so we can talk about some important things going on in the community right now, namely something you're championing, uh, which is hashtag time for Tonica. But before we jump into that, why don't you go ahead and for maybe the few poor souls out there that don't already know who you are, if you wouldn't mind just kind of introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about what you do and why you do it, and uh, your relationship with uh, the Vintage Collection and three and three quarter inch Star Wars. Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you, Evan, for having me on your show. Thank you to SWTVC. Uh, Thank you guys for all the fine work you are doing, constantly championing the Vintage Collection. Oh, thank you. And yeah, no, it's it's, it's awesome to be here. This is my first time on on this show, Uh, but I'm super thrilled uh, at to be here for the opportunity and yeah so uh me okay so i am a uh first and foremost i guess i would say i'm a youtuber if i had to pick one thing 
Um, that's kind of where everything started for me within this realm of Star Wars collecting and, and everything. Uh, I started my channel, Victoria's Canteen, in 2013. Um, so, you know, we're just we're celebrating eight years last month. But yeah, no, it's um, it, it's it's been quite a journey. It's been quite an adventure. I, I just started it basically as a way to showcase all of these figures that I had in my collection and do little videos and say, you know what, back in 2005, this uh, Jet Trooper came out and it was the coolest thing at the time. This is how it holds up, you know, and I did that for a bunch of toys and as time went on, you know, more and more people were tuning in and I was like, okay, so I kind of got to keep up the momentum. I got to make this a regular thing. You know, people are watching, they're asking when's the next video. I kind of feel a little bit pressured to keep going with this. So, so that's what I did. And then of course, you know, I, uh, that spread to all the social media, uh, accounts that spread to the podcast, you know, the Cantina Chatter podcast came out of the channel and just, a you know, a desire to do more of a long form conversation around the same topics I had in the videos. Um, and then from there, it, it grew into the Vintage Collection podcast uh, last year, uh, and that deals strictly with a line called Star Wars the Vintage Collection. You may be familiar with it. Let's hope so. If you're listening to this episode. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, then I have a, I have a Disney podcast, too. It's called Discovery Land, and that's about the history of Disneyland. I have another show. Uh, that I co-host with Tim from Collect Jurassic. It's called Collect Jurassic World. And that's all about Mattel's and Kenner's um, Jurassic toy lines. And we do talk about the films and news and stuff like that. And yeah, so I mean, I keep busy with all of this stuff. If it's not Star Wars, I'm talking about other things um, on the channel. I don't just focus on Star Wars. That's the that's kind of the bulk of it. But I kind of talk a little bit about, you know, Jurassic. And earlier on in, in the day, it was like, you know, more DC, and you know, some Marvel. And, you know, I've kind of gotten away from those um, but yeah, it, it all start, started with toy reviews, basically like talking about like toys. And I've kind of moved away from that too, because I just kind of felt like there were back then there weren't a ton of people doing toy reviews on YouTube. Uh, there were, there were a handful of them, but, um, now it's like everybody is doing YouTube reviews and it's just kind of like, well, you know, I think everybody else kind of has that ground covered at this point. Maybe I can, um, I, I can offer something different. Maybe I can, there, there's something more that I can be doing here. So that's kind of where I migrated things towards more of a, a toy journalism sort of uh, route. And um, I've kind of been keeping to that. And, you know, I'm still, you know, doing news, still covering things like, you know, wherever I can, you know, if not on YouTube, then on the podcasts, and if not there on social media. And, you know, I keep busy. And, you know, I'm glad that people uh, talk to me and about all this stuff because, you know, I don't really have, my husband isn't really into it and, um, <laughs> it's not soul. for him. Yeah. It, you know, he's got his own hobbies and that's fine. Oh, yeah. And I'm not into his hobbies, but you know, so it's, it's, it's all good. Um, yeah, I'm passionate about toys. Uh, I think toys are amazing and, you know, we could go into a whole conversation about, you know, why we still buy toys after all these years. Oh, totally. Um, but you know, that's a, that's something for another day. Um, but yeah, no, it's toys are the whole reason that we're here. Star Wars is the whole reason that we're here. And, you know, there's Star Wars for everybody and, you know, embrace what you love. And if you don't love it, well, let those who, who love it uh, enjoy it. You know, it's there's nothing wrong with letting people, you know, have what they what they like and letting that be. It's, it's easy. Amen. 
it's absolutely astonishing how many guests that you've had. I know uh, you've got a good relationship with several people, including one of the Tonica sisters, uh, Dan mm. Curto. <laughs> uh, you've had a lot of cool people on your show um, and also some not so cool people such as myself. But I appreciate you having Aww, me on. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Thank you. It was, I had a blast on your show and I, I can't recommend it enough. Both your um, Cantina Chatter and uh, the Vintage Collection podcast. Anyone listening who hasn't listened to those yet, please uh, don't stop and abandon this episode. But when you're done, go <laughs> go check out Victoria's stuff. Um, Thank you. You just started on May the 4th or the 3rd to get a little bit ahead of the news cycle in the media, uh, you know, mania going around on social media. Uh, the new initiative, hashtag time for Tonica. So instead of me trying to bumble my way through it, why don't you go ahead and walk our listeners through it? Absolutely. So time for Tonica. I have felt for years that we absolutely need the Tonica sisters in our collections. Um, this isn't anything new. People have been asking for these figures for a long time. Back when Hasbro used to do Q&As on a weekly basis with all the fan sites, you know, we're talking about 2009, around around then, people used to they ask, you know, when are we getting the Tonicas? And they would always respond in a very, like, like, like cryptic, creepy way, like, oh, we have absolutely no comment about this. Like, like, I mean, you got to say something, you know. So it was just really intriguing to me, like, you know, why is this? Why is this? And, you know, I always had in the back of my mind that, you know, there's got to be more to this story. Uh, in 2017, I I sought out the two actresses that portrayed the Tonica sisters. I, it didn't take me long to find out that, sadly, Christine Hewitt, who portrayed one of the sisters, had passed in 2007. Um, and it didn't take me long to find out she had signed her, her contract with Lucasfilm back then, um, before she passed, because uh, she was doing celebration and doing the various conventions and stuff. She was on that circuit. Uh, but then I needed to find Angela. And so this was this was a long process to find Angela Staines. It was not easy. Somebody dropped me a breadcrumb and I forget who it was. And they said, oh, I heard that her husband owns um, like a like a winery or, or a beer company or something. And I was like, OK, <laughs> I don't know how that's going to help me. Um, I investigated this for a long time. Somehow, some way, and I can't even tell you exactly how it happened. I found her on Facebook. Wow. I found her under a different name because she's married now. And I was just astonished. I was like, oh my God, this is this is her. And it, it was very obviously her from the photos. I mean, you you know, when they're in the costume in that scene for, you know, a blip, like it you can't even really you would never know who the actresses are, or you would never know like but I mean, it was so obviously her. It's weird. But I mean, it just looked like her, like one of the sisters. And, um, you know, so I, I was like, OK, I'm going to message her. I'm going to DM her and, and see, you know, if she's willing to talk to me. And she was very forthcoming. Um, she said, send me an email. Uh, and, you know, we emailed back a little bit. And it, it yeah, we just started talking. And, and I said, hey, you know, so I got this podcast, Cantina Chatter. And. Uh, it'd be great if you could come on and tell your story and, and let us know what's going on. You know, why haven't we had your figure? Um, yeah, a lot of people are curious about this. And what's funny is that she had no idea how many people were asking for a figure over the last couple of decades. She had no idea. Yeah. Um, she did not know that the demand for this figure was what it is. Um, and 
you know, her her story with Star Wars was just that first film in 1976, you know, at at Elstree Studios. That was that was it. It was just that, you know, the that one, a couple of days on set. Or I forgot how long she said it was, but um, she had a very interesting story. She met with George Lucas. He interviewed her for this role. You know, she wasn't an extra. She wasn't just somebody that was was hired to be, you know, in, in the scene. She was actually she actually interviewed for a specific role, the role of space girl. And there were two space girls, number one and number two. I know it's an incredible name. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so she interviewed with him. Uh, he was looking for he had something specific. It kind of from what she's told me, it sounds like the role was supposed to be a little bigger. I don't really know in what way, um, but. Uh, you know, she it, she made it seem like it was supposed to be a little more involved, like maybe she was going to have dialogue. Maybe there was going to be more action, you know, on that corner of the of the bar. I have no clue. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was a really interesting story. And, you know, once we got into the story of the collectible, it's like, OK, so, you know, why is it that after all this time, you know, there's no figures of your character? And and, you know, she she knew that I kind of already knew a little bit about the situation, just the rumors, right? Like the rumors. Oh, there's legal issues, you know, so many, so many rumors. I just sent you one the other day and it was the craziest. I don't even know if that person was serious, but it was the weirdest rumor I've ever heard about this. Uh, and that's next. That's probably right next to the one I got this morning. So. Oh, my God. Well, we'll dive um, into that here in a minute, I imagine. Yeah. So. <laughs> So, yeah, she was, you know, she was real with me. You know, we we talked over Skype, you know, I recorded this episode and she was, she explained, you know, it, it basically what it came down to is that she and her family became aware uh, in the 90s of merchandise that was being produced. There was a Galoob figure, you know, itty bitty little thing that comes in a, as part of a Bantha like pack. It's pretty cool set. Uh, and then she caught wind of a calendar. She caught wind of a, one of those decipher like cards with her, you know, the two sisters on it and um, I guess her husband kind of um, took issue with that because, you know, well, you know, how can they use your your likeness? And, you know, Star Wars is, is a big property. You know, maybe they're they're um, providing royalties and we just don't know about this. So he sent Lucasfilm a letter uh, to investigate and say, you know, are you guys providing royalties to other people that, that are using their image? And, you know, of course they weren't because, you know, famously, you know, we've heard Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher talk about this over the years, how, you know, they signed away their 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 life basically to to george lucas and you know he can make whatever merchandise he wants and you know they didn't get any of that money you know from merchandising yeah um so that was that she never heard back from that um and then later uh you know when when she caught up with christine after you know a couple few decades um christine said hey you know we need to go to lucasfilm uh we can get onto this circuit and we can uh we can sign autographs we can go to conventions we can make some money and um so so they did uh they approached lucasfilm uh and lucasfilm did send them both contracts like like i, I don't know the, the details of the contract unfortunately angela doesn't have it anymore um so i don't know exactly what it says or what the contents were but um christine signed hers and um angela did not um long story short uh Lucasfilm lost the original actors releases from the 70s. I don't know how many they lost, if they lost all of them, some of them. Um, and this was a rumor that had been persisting for a really long time. And, you know, she confirmed, hey, this is what happened. They, they lost them. They needed to send them out again. And from what I've been able to deduce from all this, uh, as time went on, they tried to catch up with a lot of these extras or 
you know, contracted artists that portray these specific roles over the years. And they just lost track of a lot of them because, you know, there were minor parts and they didn't have 30 years later, they didn't have phone numbers for Boshek or for, yeah, <laughs> you know, all these people that are there in the cantina. So well, and who knew at the time, too, of just how how long this legacy would be and, uh, you know, how mm -hmm. long these figure lines would run. Right. So so they lost them uh, and they needed to go back and get those secure those releases again. That way they could put merchandise into production. So they didn't know where Angela or Christine were, you know, until they approached Lucasfilm. And that's when they got them to, to send out contracts. Uh, but Angela didn't think it was a fair contract. She didn't sign it. Uh, she thought, you know, they're not guaranteeing me work. They're saying, yeah, I can be on these circuits. Um, but she actually called the two organizers of the conventions and they said they didn't have work for her for her. So she said, OK, well, I don't really see the value in doing this. And then I have to go and if they make merchandise, I got to pay for it. So she didn't think it was a fair deal. Most people, you know, obviously just signed, but she didn't agree with those terms. Um, and that was kind of that. This was 2005, 2006 that they sent her that contract. And so that was the last of it. Like that's the that's the last official contact she's actually had from Lucasfilm. Um, she hasn't had any other, nobody's reached out to her. Um, that, that was just kind of the end of it. And that really put the nail in the coffin at that point for getting this figure done. I, I don't know why they don't do the other Tonica sister. Yeah. Um, I know that she signed her release. I know that the, the character obviously is a little bit different. She's shorter. She's got a different outfit, you know, different colors. Uh, I feel like it's doable from a legal perspective, but maybe the whole thing is just too convoluted at this point that they're just ignoring it. Um, until now, Until because now, yes, yes. Yeah, so this was in 2017. I did this interview with her uh, in 2018. She came down to San Diego and we met up. We went and had tea and, you know, Aww. we talked and yeah, it was really nice. It was really nice. And I said, you know, how do you feel now about all this? Now that you know that, you know, the city people want your figure, you know, this was her first interview that she'd ever done about Star Wars, like, you know, after 40 years. And um <laughs> Yeah, so it was interesting, but she said, you know, I've, I've had time to think about it. And, you know, I didn't realize that it was, you know, this big a deal. And, and had I known back in 2005, 2006, maybe I would have made a different choice. She, and I said, well, if they if we were able to find a way to get you a new contract through Lucasfilm, would you sign it? And she said, yes. She said, I would do it. Oh, man. 2019, uh, San Diego Comic-Con, I go and I talk to, um, to Sam Smith. And, uh, you know, we're doing our little Hasbro Q&A interview thing. And and I say, you know what? Uh, here's a picture of somebody I just met last year. Uh, this is her holding her picture. She's <laughs> ready to sign this thing so that you guys can make this happen. And he was excited. He was like, you know, you could see it in his face. Sam was like, oh, man, this is awesome. So he they went back to Hasbro when they went back and they submitted that information. Uh, we followed up with Sam at New York Toy Fair last year. And he said that, you know, Hasbro was well aware now, Lucasfilm was aware, but that that they couldn't elaborate any more than that. So, OK, yeah, I know there's just been a lot of a lot of shuffling of the brand team over at Hasbro. So, yeah, it's easy, of course, to speculate. Well, maybe it's fallen through the cracks there. But, you know, after hearing that as recently as last year, you know, all parties involved are aware and on board. It's kind mm -hmm. of. Well, the except for Lucasfilm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's where things are held up is with Lucasfilm right now. Uh, okay. Angela, you know, I keep in regular contact. I just talked to her today. Oh, nice. Um, she, yeah, she has not been contacted yet by anybody. 
Um, and that's that, you know, that that's kind of what got me thinking, like, you know, we need to organize a campaign around this whole thing. I had already been using that hashtag probably since sometime last year, Time Britannica. Um, but I I knew that we needed in order to get Lucasfilm's attention, we needed to make a concerted effort to get all you know hands on deck to really push things to really get the word out there. And that's what prompted me to uh, start this petition. Uh, and, you know, before we launched it, you know, last week, um, it was we wanted to do it for for May the 4th. We thought, you know, what better time to put this out there than May the 4th, you know, celebration of all things Star Wars. Yeah. And, you know, before that, I, in the weeks leading up to that, I coordinated with so many people across the collecting community, you know, with yourself, with, um, you know, your uh, cohorts, SWTVC. Um, yeah, everybody, uh, Chris at Bantha Skull, um, Jason at Yak Face, um, Chuck from Jedi Temple Archives. Um, gosh, uh, I'm, I'm sure I can't oh, and, uh, name everybody. Yeah, There's... Miko on, and the Facebook group. Yeah, yeah. John from the, the Vintage Collection Facebook group. Yeah, Yoda's News, uh, Jedi Business. Um, talk to the folks at Fanta Tracks. Talk to people at, you know, across all these podcasts, uh, Sandcrawler Cast, uh, Dork Lair, like just so many people. And, um, yeah, it. I'm sure I'm leaving names out, and I apologize. There are just so many that were like really excited about you know taking part in this, and for me, that's you know, even if this isn't successful at the end of the day, for me, it's just this has been a really positive experience. Just like having everybody come together, working towards you know a common goal. Just like seeing everybody put their <laughs> their differences aside. Yeah. And and whenever you see that in this community, I mean, I know that a lot of the time we see that within the Star Wars community, right? It's like, oh, these movies are better than these movies. These movies aren't real Star Wars. Oh, you know, this scale isn't as good as this scale. Oh no, that scale is isn't shouldn't exist. And like yeah. like I whenever, don't want that no one should have it sort of thing. Exactly. Whenever we can set those things to the side and all work together towards something. Yeah, that is absolutely inspiring. And I really felt that this, you know, these last couple of weeks, just seeing the outpouring of support. Um, our petitions currently uh, over twelve hundred signatures on change.org. Yeah. yeah, that that took off. You were at a thousand real fast. And now yeah, you're well over within that. I think within four or five days, we're at a thousand. Dang. Um, so, so obviously it's slowed down. I mean, that's, that's kind of the way that these things progress, but it's still getting signatures every day. The number's still going up every day. Um, and you know, I'm still pushing it wherever I can. Um, uh, but you know, I'm really grateful and thankful to everybody who, who's been a part of this and who's, you know, had a hand in getting the word out there, signed it. And, um, yeah, it, it's kind of turned into a big thing. And, and that's kind of where we're at now is just seeing, you know, people talking about this again and seeing the articles on Bantha Skull and um, seeing videos that are crop, cropping up on YouTube. And there's just a lot of uh, like conversation around the Tonicas. And that's that's what it's all about. I think that's what's going to get the, the attention of Lucasfilm. Oh, totally. And, you know, the conversation for the most part has been uh, really great. Uh, I, I've seen a lot of stuff that People are really hopping on board. I know personally myself, uh, I never really thought of like the Tonica sisters or, you know, characters like Velk and Taziri and a lot of the background characters it was never my thing growing up. And it was never, it, even to this day, it's not stuff that's on my personal priority list of like dream teams. However, when it comes to the big picture of what I want to see in the line and how I want to see the line treated and handled going forward, Things like the Tonica sisters and, you know, uh, and Velkin Taziri and other OT obscure background characters. Those are things I will fight. I will fight to the death to help try to lead the charge with folks uh, to get those things made because they are 
even if it seems insignificant, these these blink and you miss it characters are I mean, that's very reductive of me to say I don't mean that, but you know, <laughs> they're they seem inconsequential, yet when you think of the appeal to many people of three and three quarter inch Star Wars, it's world building. It's populating this world. And right. um I I can't remember what uh with the cantina denizens, the Tonicas are uh, a pair out of how many uh, after 42 years, uh, 43 years, good Lord, uh, 44 years. Oh, no, <laughs> I can't count time. Long time. Um, <laughs> but uh, how many uh, how many denizens are left unmade from the cantina? There, There's quite a few, um, you a know, featured, every featured denizens. Yeah. So every cantina alien uh, character is is a minor character, but the, some are more minor than others. Uh, when you talk about, you know, you get like these unique shots where you see Hammerhead, you see um, uh, Greedo, you see Hemdazon, you know, all these different characters that get their own dedicated shot of those that have that do have a dedicated shot. There's only a few that have not been made. Uh, there's Banis Keeg, who, you know, he's the other Duros in the cantina. There is Arleel Schuess, who is the wolfman with the red eyes. And people keep sending me a, a picture of the Lax Zivrak figure saying, yo, you're wrong because this was made. And it's like, no, that's a different wolfman. It's not the same one. Um, so so there's those two. There is, um, um, is it Renat, the little rat guy? No, with the, um, the little squeaky, uh, squeaky yeah, he's dude. Like, yeah, like when Greedo gets shot, he like turns around really quick. Yeah. Uh, him and then there's the Tonicas. So those are the only ones that, ha- that are in like dedicated shots that have yet to be made. So, you know, they are minor characters, but they're more prominent within the cantina against everything else that's in there. We've gotten figures that you don't even really see in the cantina scene. We've gotten like Dapur, who's, you know, the one with the like the, the like the black head and the black hands and he's wearing the space suit. Uh, we've gotten Kitty Kak, who you barely see. She's the praying mantis in the hula skirt. Um, I mean, Lisa Serlin doesn't even really get seen, but we got a figure of her. And, um, uh, so, I mean, I, I think that's part of the reason people are asking, they're not asking for these figures because of part of it might be the mythology surrounding the Tonicas, yeah. but I, I think they've been asking for, for so long because they're, they are some of the more prominent ones you see in those shots. And, you know, of all the figures that we've gotten from the cantina, they're, they're kind of unique looking. I feel like, you know, they're, they're two sisters dressed similarly and, they just have a very different uh, look to them than your average cantina alien. And um, yeah, I mean, I know it's different times. Uh, I know that Hasbro isn't tr- treating the line that the way that they were back when they were making all those cantina aliens. Yeah. Um, but they're still sprinkling them in here and there. We just got Zutton. Um, you know, obviously he was kind of a repaint. So, you know, easy for them. But when people bring up that argument that, oh, they're not going to know who these characters are. It's like, no, I mean, collectors buying the vintage collection are probably going to know who they are. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, there's, they have such a history at this point. Like, you know, I mean, like that film does, like that scene does. It's a world famous scene from one of the most famous movies in the world, yeah, right? It's iconic. It is. It's quintessential Star Wars. That's my, still my favorite scene in the whole saga, whole series. And um, I absolutely think it's doable. Uh, it's absolutely doable with the heritage scale and all of this talk of legacy heritage and uh, nostalgia and you know really celebrating star wars which is kind of what the toys are all about is yeah this is something that you know it's near and dear to many of our hearts yeah i mean obviously with you and it's something that seems it's it's long overdue and would just be ah, i don't know i think i think we'd all rest a little easier knowing that we we're looking at a toy line that is healthy enough to have a diverse offering of 
the obscure, of the background, all the way to the new, the popular, the, you know, overexposed ones. Um, And very much kind of going back to that point of it's all Star Wars and we, we, you know, want to be able to have it all so we can coexist and like what we like, collect what we want to collect and enjoy it all. Right. And, you know, to the folks that say they're too obscure and nobody would buy them, well, Yak Face never hit stores. Um, Klaatu never hit stores. Um, yeah, a lot a lot of stuff has not hit stores. And the vintage collection was made for characters like the Tonica sisters. Um, in fact, when I talked to um, to, to Steve at, at Comic-Con, I think it was 2017, it might have been, um, he said that part of the, the rationale between behind uh, bringing the line back was that they could get to characters like from the cantina from Jabba's palace. And, you know, I think they've kind of lost sight of that. It feels like, I mean, you know, like I said, they, they did focus a little bit here and there. We did get some good stuff centered around the skiff centered around the barge. Um, but then that kind of fizzled out. Um, but he said that was one of the main reasons they brought this line back. And I can't think of a better thing you can do with, with the lion than to honor its it's truly honor its legacy by celebrating the kind of characters that made the Kenner line what it became. It was it became what it became because of the obscure guys that were in there, Snaggletooth, you know, Hammerhead, uh Bib Fortuna, um, you know, all these skiff guards. You know, it was it they, they they did a really good job fleshing things out. And um, you know, I'm glad that the line's back. I'm glad that we're seeing a lot of what we're seeing. Um, but I think there's a lot that they could still do. And I, I really have my fingers crossed that we're going to continue to see it uh, expand. And, and I hope that we see them continue to evolve that whole world building concept, because that's what this line is for. And I know, so kind of going back to uh, the conversation surrounding the petition and Time for Tonica, um, I know you were talking about uh, briefly with so many rumors that float around and i know yes. they range from the fantastical to the ridiculous to the obscene and i, yeah. I was just wondering <laughs> if there were any that you know you wanted to touch on in particular to you know once again kind of put it out there into the universe to dispel or clarify things uh for folks please do the, the floor is yours for that absolutely um so yeah, part of the reason I put out this video is because I had been seeing those rumors, you know, even since I published these podcast episodes, you know, I mentioned the Cantina Chatter 2017, Angela was on uh, the Vintage Collection podcast, the last episode, um, you know, just a couple weeks ago or last week. And um, that was a great episode, by the way. Thank you. Uh, and despite that, despite the fact that these videos on YouTube sampled my conversations with her. They didn't listen long enough to get the full story because they they put things in these videos that just weren't true. Had they, you know, I don't see, I don't really see how you can, um, like, try and, and and capitalize off something somebody else has done, but miss those details. Like, well, welcome to YouTube. <laughs> welcome to exact. That, that's it right there. Welcome to YouTube. Um, anyway, so. You know, these weren't necessarily like small channels that were that were doing this. They were big enough to get people to see them and to believe them. And I started seeing people watch that and then come back to me and then send me these links. And is this true? Is that true? You know, I, I heard this. I heard that. And it's like, no, listen to the podcast episodes. It's all in there. Angela laid it all out back in 2017. Um but, you know, attention spans and all. Yeah. Um, so that was the whole purpose of doing that. Um, one of the things that I did see was that um, it was the Decipher card that it was the reason that that was the reason that the figures never happened because her Angela's son found um, 
I think the Galoob figure and they found the card and the calendar and, and, and then they sent that letter to Lucasfilm and they said, well, you know, it's because they sent that letter that, you know, this isn't happening. It's like, wait, that's true. They did send the letter, but Lucasfilm still sent her a contract years later. Yeah. You know, that those are, these are two separate issues, you know? So that was the first point I had to clarify was they still sent her a contract. They were able to look past that letter. They were able to say, you know, if you sign this, you know, we'll move forward. Same contract. As far as I know that they, they also sent to Christine. Okay. So that was the first thing. The second thing that I was seeing was that um, there was another video that said that uh, Angela didn't sign a release back in 1976 because she was, she was a background extra and, Again, if you listen to that first episode of Cantina Chatter, she says she was hired as an artiste. She wasn't hired as a as a background uh, character. Extras don't interview with George Lucas. Extras don't interview with the director of, of the big budget blockbuster film. You know, whether or not they knew that was the case at the time, I don't know. But um, that just doesn't happen. So, and the other point was that, you know, famously, Lucas secured the uh, merchandising rights before A New Hope even went into production. And that started a whole other host of things because people are saying, no, 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 this happened. He got that afterwards, you know, going into Empire. It's like, no, this is very well documented. Go out there, do a little research. It's it's out there. He did this before the film even went into production. That was one of the things he's famous for, you know, or, you know, that's one of the reasons he became so rich. He secured those merchandising rights. You know, he took a pay cut. He got the merchandising rights and he got the the rights to make sequels should the movie be successful. And he did. He did all that. Um, if you are, if you are that far ahead in knowing what's going to come out of your property, if you are that smart to to make those decisions, you're absolutely going to have your actors sign these artist releases oh, as yeah. they come onto your film. So I don't know where this person got that that they didn't she didn't sign a release, so she was just an extra. Like I said, this person uh, sampled clips from my interview. Yeah, but they didn't listen long enough to get to the part where she said, you know, she did sign back then. <laughs> So straight from the source. <laughs> exactly. Oh, exactly. The other thing was that the figures are too expensive to make. Um, and, you know, I always say it doesn't matter whether you're making um, Ahsoka or you're making a Tonica sister. Costs are going to be costs. Um, the other thing is, uh, you know, our friend John Miko did this fabulous graphic showing how you could utilize Zori Bliss's tooling uh, in order to leverage about 70% of, of the tooling costs from that figure. And then the rest would just go into the Tonicas. Yeah. So that's another way you could do it. I mean, that that would take out most of the cost. You could also market it as a HasLab um, offering. You could do it as part of an, a convention exclusive, a three-pack, um, and then bring it out later in the main line. I mean, there's there's multiple ways that they could they could do it. I mean, it's it's... I, I think it's really uh, for anybody that's been collecting this line for any, you know, respectable amount of time it, for, to say that it's too expensive to make is is pretty laughable. We're talking about a company that, like I said, made a praying mantis and a hula skirt, you know, a company that's made all these yeah. other uh, all these other characters. And it's it's completely doable. You know, it shouldn't come down to a thing about costs or it's too expensive. It's, you know, all these things can be ironed out. Yeah. Well, I mean, congrats. That petition, yes, the petition is huge. It's still growing. Uh, listeners, please go listen. I will put the uh, uh, um, 
link. Oh my God, I forgot the word link. I will put the <laughs> link in the show notes uh, so you can easily go click that and go sign and show, you know, your support for Time for Tonica. Uh, Victoria, that was, you know, I appreciate your knowledge, your your effort. Everything you do for the community is, you know, uh, you're one of the people that we look at. It's just like, wow, how do you how do you put all this out there? And it's it's incredible. And I'm really I'm proud to be able to sit here and chat with you about things like Time for Tonica and get your thoughts on this. So thank you for taking some time out of your day to, you know, enlighten myself and also spread the good word and get more folks on board. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, you know, I again, I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, you're completely right. It is about the community and uh, being able to work towards something together. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited and, you know, I'm really eager to see where things go. And again, if they don't go anywhere, it's fine. You know, we'll have had this, this awesome experience pushing for it and working for it. Uh, and if they do, then, you know, that's even better. So uh, I'm excited either way. Uh, I know Angela is excited either way. And um, undoubtedly, it is completely time for Tonica. Hell yeah. Agreed. Thank you, Victoria. Thank you, Evan. Thank you again to Tyler and John for talking through the May the 4th reveals with me, and a huge thanks to Victoria again for talking Tonica. Victoria, you are always welcome back on the show whenever. I'll go ahead and put the link to the Time for Tonica petition in the episode description, so be sure to go sign it and show your support. Oh, and for good measure, I'll put the Vote for Velkin petition link in there too. Uh, oh, yeah. Also, go listen to Victoria's shows, Cantina Chatter Podcast and the Vintage Collection Podcast. As soon as you're done with this show, of course, they are a treat to listen to. Now, I know that we touched on it earlier in the chat when talking about the Bad Batch, but myself and the team want to reiterate that while this was a very OT heavy episode, TVC is about far more than just the original trilogy. It's about the heritage, the legacy of Star Wars, about the endless possibilities the world of Star Wars action figures offers us, and to tap into that special, innocent, nostalgic feeling for that galaxy far, far away, which includes all Star Wars media for everyone. I'm sure you've heard it in our discussions, uh, not just this one, but all previous ones, but it is worth repeating. The health and future of Star Wars collecting in the three and three quarter inch scale is bigger than just the original trilogy. All right, that's the end of my little soapbox. Now, last bit of news. Friend of the show, Jason from Yakface, shared a new list of 17, yes, count them, 17 code names for upcoming TVC figures. So I'll just remind you all to keep up the noise, keep up the push, and keep up the happy beeps. We don't know what these 17 figures are yet, but be sure to keep your eyes on SWTVC and Yakface to keep you updated as we all learn more. Oh, okay. Now, this is the real last thing. We are proud to announce that SWTVC are now bounty smugglers for our friends over at Quarters Traveling Outpost. Grant and Mia have an amazing shop, and they are equally amazing people, so be sure to place some orders and or pre-orders with them uh, as they become available and use promo code SWTVC10 at checkout to get 10% off your order. Link will be in the episode description as well. And as always, huge shout out to our followers, our incredibly supportive and enthusiastic Patreon patrons, and to my fellow SWTVC cohorts and contributors. SWTVC would not be where we are now without you all. All right, that's it for this episode. Uh, but to change it up a little bit with the sign-off, this one's for Kevin Hughes from the Facebook group, who reminded me of just how exhausting all the end hashtags can be. So, hashtag... 
finished the 96 and also never released figures like the tonic cousin balance the scales hasbro because the heritage scale rules and we need a finished skiff plus what about all these new shows and where the hell is quill god hasbro can you just please do these simple 16 things and may the force be with you